run out of things to talk about. Yes, I have nothing more to say to you. This is the end of our friendship. Well, that's going to be awkward. And now it's recorded. It's on the podcast. What are we going to do? Well, I guess we just will only talk about movies from now on. We'll just go our separate ways. Yes. Can I still come over and use your pool? No. Well, that's that's disappointing. I see. This is all you care about in this time. I mean, it's it's summer. That's true. This is poor timing. Yeah. For the end of our friendship. Gonna, can we postpone it until? And also, you're you're in my wedding. Oh yes, that's true. That is gonna make that weird. That's gonna make it very awkward. All right. I guess we can stay friends. I mean, I don't know. Do you sound, do you seem enthused about this? I want you to be like a hundred percent in this. <laughs> I don't want this lackluster friendship. I'll just have to think about it. What's there to think? Of? I mean, I need a definitive yes or no. I mean, am I going to drive you back? Interesting. I do need a ride back to the valley. <laughs> All right. We'll remain friends. Again, I don't feel like I'm not feeling enthusiasm or warmth from you. I don't want your pity friendship. Sure you do. You want pity pool use? I do want pity pool <laughs> use. That's true. Who will I eat things with? I don't know. I mean, right now you're not really eating things anyway. But who will I night market with? That's true. Who will, I, who will you hot pot with, really? I don't know. It's a whole new world. It is a whole new world. You're going to have to find someone else. It's difficult. Yeah. Anyway, don't worry. We're just kidding. We're still friends. Welcome <laughs> to Rom-Com-a-thon. In case you were all on tender hugs. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Kat. Our friendship is not dissolved. And today we are talking about four weddings and a funeral. A classic. Apparently. For some reason. <laughs> So this is a highly acclaimed film, which came out when? 1994. When obviously we were much too young and neither of us had ever seen it. But Alex's fiance, Alex, had seen it and she said she found it a bit dull. And I found that she was 100% correct and perhaps had even oversold uh, how interesting it was. (laughs) Yes. It was. uh, Why is it so critically acclaimed? Why do people like this? Well, let's bear in mind that it was 1994, and a lot of movies had not come out yet. What? Were people still like, oh no, the train is going to come at us through the moving picture? Like, movies existed. (laughs) There were good movies. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Like, I was reading a lot of trivia after, because I was like, this is famous and I should learn more about it. Yeah. And it was literally like, for years, this was like the highest grossing British film of all time. That's horrifying. And like, it won a French Oscar. And I know your face is like, and have some standards, people. It was Hugh Grant's like breakout role. Like it was just, I guess, groundbreaking in that it was kind of awkward and human and not like super over the top, except it totally was over the top. I don't know. And then some people said that they liked that Hugh Grant was more silly and she was more serious, which, by the way, is not a vibe that I got. No. But but whatever. That would have required her to have a personality. Yes. She was so dull to me. I was like, (laughs) her (laughs) mysteriousness was so tedious. (laughs) Yes, it was incredibly tedious. It was terrible. I literally was like, no wonder this actress hasn't been in anything else, which was unfair to Annie McDowell, who was, as it turns out, also the person from Groundhog Day, a movie I have seen and enjoyed. Yes, she is not dull in other roles, just dull and wooden in this one. <laughs> um, what did entertain me was like, I found a lot of trivia where they were like, but not everyone loved this film. And I think that if you're a person living in 1990. 1990- 
six or so with like the perspective that this is the greatest rom-com of all time or whatever this is like surprising trivia but to me I was like sure yeah that tracks which was like the composer fell asleep his first time watching it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that tracks and the character of Carrie was voted one of the most annoying film characters of all time in a British online poll. I did also read that and I was like, I buy this 100%. Although to me, she was like almost too boring to be annoying. Yes, I was like, she didn't annoy me. I was just like, why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in a world where you have When Harry Met Sally and you've got mail, why would you have this? There was one moment at one of the weddings, like wedding number three, three maybe uh where someone was being like i always imagined americans were dull and i literally wrote down she imagines americans are dull seems rich coming from someone in this movie (laughs) well maybe you should describe the plot before we go any further because i have a lot to say absolutely Okay, so first let me say that when I was actually taking notes, I took notes in the format Wedding 1, Wedding 2, Wedding 3, and then I was delighted to find that the credits are listed in the same fashion. Oh. But for the purposes of the plot, I, you know, condensed my thoughts and organized them separately. All right, guys. The setting. England. London? London. Around London. Various places in the UK because it's multiple weddings. Hugh Grant is a semi-catabout town. Mm-hmm. hanging with his gang of single friends which at first I thought this gang of friends were all couples then I figured out that they were not all couples and then I figured out that some of them were couples it's been a roller coaster for you it was very confusing more on that later at any rate he and his friends are attending a lot of weddings because that's what people do in their 20s and 30s this was back when Hugh Grant was in his 30s which is like basically inconceivable to me this was peak handsome Hugh Grant yeah he was very cute I mean, he was so Hugh Grant, but I guess, like, this was when Hugh Grant burst onto the scene as Hugh Grant. Yeah, like, an awkward, like, playing the the role he usually plays. Yes, they were basically being, like, when he went on the press tour, it was such a pleasant discovery that he was as charming as his character. Yeah. Which, I don't know that his character was that charming, but more on that later. But he was very cute in this movie. Yes. So, at one wedding that Hugh Grant and his friends attend, he spots Andy McDowell from across a room and immediately falls in love with her. Yep. Which, as you can tell from our tone, we hate. (laughs) Yep. Some shenanigans ensue, and then ultimately they have sex. But then she goes back to America, because she's American, and Hugh Grant never gets a chance to confess his, I guess, love. Um, Three months later, two people who hooked up at the previous wedding are getting married. One of my gripes. (laughs) Coming back to that. Yep. Hugh Grant again runs into Andy McDowell. Um, And he's like, oh, what a great opportunity. I've been thinking about this girl, JK. Apparently, in the last three months, she has met some rich Scottish guy and gotten engaged. Well, to be fair, we don't know if she had met him before those three months. But sometime in those three months, she had gotten engaged to this man. Yes, it is true that she could have been with him all along and not been fussed about sleeping with Hugh Grant. Because at this second wedding, when she is definitely engaged, she sleeps with Hugh Grant again. Yep. Okay. Then it's like a month later or something and they run into each other and they're hanging out and he helps her buy her wedding dress and they talk about all their sexual partners, you know, normal conversation that you have with engaged people you barely know. Yep. And he's like, hey, you know, by the way, engaged girl I met twice, I think I might love you. And she's like, well, I don't know about that, but why don't you and your brother who I've met once come to my wedding? 
So then... Well, I thought Hugh Grant was already invited to her wedding because that's why he's buying her a present. Which I also think is weird. Why don't I invite this two-night stand to my wedding? Yeah. Also, it's a month later from the last time when I just told him I was engaged. It, the whole, and they slept together. Yeah. It's very strange. But anyway. A lot is going on. Yeah. And I don't understand this social network. But anyway. um, A hot second later. A hot second later, they go to her wedding in Scotland where one of Hugh Grant's friend dies. Yep. Yep, that happened. He's the gay one, by the way. Um, well, no, there's two gay ones. One of the gay ones died because the gays couldn't possibly have made it to the end. <laughs> but also, like, I didn't know that they were gay basically until this moment. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, so you missed some things. I did. So anyway, so then they all go to his funeral and it's super sad. And Hugh Grant, like, kind of has a mini midlife crisis about how you could die alone at any moment. And he decides to seize the reins of life. He didn't want to be eaten alive by cats. <laughs> yes. And so 10 months later, which for context is 15 months after the first wedding, <laughs> Hugh Grant is getting married to his psycho ex-girlfriend. Um, who She's not psycho. She's not emotionally the most stable person, but she's not crazy. Actually, here what I wrote is Hugh Grant is getting married to the crazy ex-girlfriend. Sadly, not Rachel Bloom. <laughs> But then Andy McDowell shows up and he has like a total revelation slash panic attack. And to no one's surprise, leaves this poor other girl at the altar. Yep. And then he and Andy McDowell get together, but not married. And in the credits, we see that everyone else has gotten married, but they have not. But they're still together and they have a baby, which was kind of nice if I hadn't had so many qualms about them both as human beings. Yeah. So number one thing I would like to bring up who the fuck is planning weddings in three months' time or one month's time or two months' times? It's remarkable. Like, so my question is specifically about the Annie McDowell Scotland wedding, right? Like, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she met this guy before she went to wedding number one, her Scottish fiancé. Sure, it raises a whole bunch of other issues, but go on. Yes, but maybe they weren't romantically involved, right? They get romantically involved slash engaged during this three-month whirlwind romance she's having with this man who's three times her age. Uh-huh. Um, in Scotland in while s- she's in America. Yeah, sure. And then they get engaged. And then she's at wedding number two. And then a month later, she sends out wedding invites for her wedding, which is another month later. What kind of monster invites you to a destination wedding in Scotland one month before it happens? In 1994. But I also don't know, like, who are the people that she knows? Like, it seems like they're mostly UK people that he knows because he's really rich and whatever. I don't know what her life is. Like, We know nothing about her. At one point, they're like, oh, like so-and-so is talking to an evangelist from Minnesota. And we're like, is she from Minnesota? I think she's from the South. All I know is that she had, she grew up in the country, right? Like, that's it. But I feel like there's like a, a Southern accent situation happening. And then was she's there? Like, yeah, a little. But then also, I honestly say, like, I, I don't know. Like, Annie McDowell could be a lovely person. She's a perfectly fine actress and everything, literally anything else I've seen her in. She was terrible in this movie. I don't know if this is an appropriate time to bring this up, but in... Oh, God. How many years later was the Red Nose Day thing? Oh, let's talk about the Red Nose Day thing later. Uh, just because in that, he says Southern Peach. Oh, ro- yes, he does. Yes. Yes. Let me just talk about how I didn't know what anyone's relationship was for like half of this movie. 
So when the movie began, everyone's like rolling out of bed for the wedding. And I initially thought that Hugh Grant and his redheaded friend were a couple, but I shouldn't have because they were in different beds. Yes. And then I thought Kristen Scott Thomas and the other guy were a couple, but I subsequently found out they were siblings. I did realize that too. I also thought they were a couple. I did know that Gareth and Matthew, his gay friends, were gay because I saw them being like affectionate with each other at the beginning. I think I must have just missed it because I didn't realize. And then I was so confused because at the funeral, they were like his closest friend and I was like oh I see this was the euphemism because it was 1944. I know I had a lot of feelings about that funeral actually yes I was like is this the best scene I'm like legitimately emotional I'm not emotional about anything else that's happened in this movie so far I know it was I think it was for me the best scene of the movie I got a little choked up like it was really sad actually and then just like contextually thinking about the fact that it was 1984 they had to call him his closest friend Um, when he was his like life partner was like so like ugh like to me Um, and I I felt so sad and that autumn poem he read was so beautiful I was just like this was a really well done funeral in a film where I previously cared about no one yes I wish I had known before the funeral that they were a couple (laughs) (laughs) so the whole gay thing ended up being really weird for me because I was like wait what this isn't a friend poem and then I was like I guess but then Hugh Grant later was kind of like just in our midst two of them were basically married this whole time and I was like they all knew they were gay right yeah no I'm pretty sure they all and I was like what a weird way to put this and then obviously there's so much talk about gay marriage stuff and I was like looked it up and I was like I cannot believe the UK didn't get gay marriage until like 2014 Oh, that is later than I thought. That is later than I thought. I mean, maybe I just have such a skewed perception because it happened in Massachusetts so early. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I'm always like, not until 2014. Yeah, that was very emotional. It was. I thought it was really well done, which I would not have thought. I did predict that one of the gay ones would die. I so I made some predictions after I think wedding number two or wedding number three or something I think it was around wedding number three and I said I predicted that wedding number four would be Hugh Grant and Annie McDowell which I was wrong about and then I knew there was a funeral coming up and I was like I predict that one of the gay ones will die because I was like it's 1994 there's no possible way that a happy gay couple could make it to the end of life and I was correct sadly well happily the one that lives does find someone else yes that's true (laughs) but Uh, it's not good um but I was also playing this game throughout and like in the first wedding I was like are they getting married next are they getting married next are they getting married next um I had no idea that a friend would die I literally like in my notes it's like oh no is it his funeral yeah when he like dropped dead at the wedding yeah that was was but also when Annie McDowell showed up at the funeral I was like how awkward yeah yeah how awkward to have someone die at your wedding it does put a damper on things no wonder their relationship did not survive (laughs) um but i mean also she was cool with just sleeping with other men while they were engaged (laughs) um yes here's a thing though that i looked up and it said backstories are given in a deleted scene oh why Mm -hmm. was the scene deleted Um, Charles, Matthew, and Fiona were at university together. So that's Hugh Grant, Kristen Scott Thomas, and the younger gay one, right? Yes. Yeah. Gareth, the older gay one who dies, was a lecturer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, I'm kind of glad that scene was deleted. That's right. I'm happier not knowing that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but what I loved was Scarlett, Hugh Grant's roommate, was found under Hugh Grant's kitchen table after a party and has lived there ever since. Oh, that also makes sense. 
I enjoyed that. She wore some interesting clothes. But so Richard Curtis, I think, like gave an interview at some point where he was saying that we don't ever know what anyone does for work. And the reason is because like he, he was like, my argument is when you're hanging around with your friends, you don't explain who you are. You don't say, hello, Charles Bennett. How's life at the bank since your father died? <laughs> And while I agree that this is true, and I theoretically approve this, I feel like I could have used just a smidge of exposition. I, I think so, too, because it's not like you don't ask your friends how's work, you know? I mean, I don't care what they do for a living, but I was like, I just feel like maybe a throwaway, like, God, what a time we've had together all being single. <laughs> yeah. Just like something. Since college. And we literally found out absolutely nothing about Andy McDowell. Like, who is she? What does she do? I just know that she had a lot of sex. She could be fucking Mary Poppins. Yeah, like, we don't fucking know. Like, who is this woman? She is an enigma and she is so boring. Oh, you know what I wrote down? When she, when, when we were informed that she was engaged, I was like, wait, so does she actually marry him? Does she? Is the funeral her husband's? Is she a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> That would have made the movie really take a turn. I would have enjoyed that. It would have been significantly more interesting. Yes. Annie McDowell, it's like they wrote an outline of a person, but never fully fleshed in a person. She worked at Vogue, I think they said. Oh, I think they, yeah, I think they mentioned that. She's the only person who had a job. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed, so in like press or whatever, I think they talked about, they were like, this is about like the upper class and how ridiculous they are, but that they know they're ridiculous. And I was like, indeed, they were all ridiculous. Yes. I don't know if they all knew they were ridiculous, but. But honestly, like I was like, I kind of get why people like this because there were some parts that I enjoyed. Like what? I enjoyed Mr. Bean. Oh, I did. I enjoyed Rowan Atkinson's bit role. I genuinely enjoyed Hugh Grant's brother, David Bauer. I enjoyed his brother, but I will say it was very confusing to me that his brother hung out with these people that he has ostensibly also known a long time, and none of them have bothered to learn any sign language. <laughs> like, every time he hangs out with them, he has to use Hugh Grant as a translator. Could all these people, like, get their heads out of their asses and maybe try to talk to them? Like, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was troubled by Hugh Grant's severe punctuality problem. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, sure, yeah, you're late to the But also I was like, he's the best man. Yes. I would have been I would have been like, this is unforgivable. And then at her wedding, at Annie McDowell's wedding, I was like, to not arrive until during the vows. Like that's quite a ways into a ceremony. It was weird that these wedding ceremonies were like to me, like the vows are the last part of a ceremony, but these ceremonies had vows and then they had musical guests and readings. There was like a lot going on in these weddings. I was like the first wedding i was like this wedding's awful it was so bad this i was like this ceremony you would have to sit through this entire goddamn thing you would get there during the vows and be like oh thank god it's almost over and then you're like oh no another hour the second wedding i was like this one seems not as bad if a bit beady yeah. in the dress <laughs> and then annie mcdowell's was heavily scottish i guess I feel like every time I watch a movie where like someone is Scottish, the movie is like, they are really Scottish. <laughs> they love being Scottish. And I'm just like, now I'm like, does everyone in Scotland love being Scottish? Like, surely not. You know what was odd to me about the Scottish wedding? David was on time. Like, do you think maybe he and Q Grant should have carpooled to this Scottish wedding? <laughs> like, maybe. And then like the one that he was the best man that he was late to and he was like he didn't have the rings and he had to do that elaborate like I know it was a joke but I was like why didn't they borrow someone else's wedding rings? I don't know. And then also for Red Nose Day like a decade later. Yes it was it was last year right when, okay, they, when yes. they did it. Yeah. They 15 years maybe? 
or was it 14? this year? I have no idea. I think it was this year or last year. I think it was like 2019 or At 2018. At some point yeah. in the last decade, yeah. they did some kind of Red Nose Day event that was a four weddings and a funeral reunion. And it was like this 15 minute video about Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell's daughter marrying Kristen Scott Thomas's daughter. And it was super cute. This whole 15 minutes was better than the entirety of the this original exactly film. This is exactly what I felt. And featured Alicia Vikander in a suit, which was a revelation. It was amazing um and lily james who was beautiful yes beautiful and charming and really increased my fondness for the whole mini franchise i guess yeah but the hilarious thing to me was that they called back to a lot of jokes including the bizarro wedding ring situation yes. i was like why are these people still wearing this like i get it's a joke but like what yeah you're not like bound to the ring you get married with forever well, i mean Apparently they are. Apparently they are. I, yeah, I really, I really like that short. I found it nice, if a bit surprising, that everyone who got married in the original film was apparently still married. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to take a second to talk about Bernard and Lydia, who seem to kiss for the first time at wedding number one. Yes. And are getting married themselves three months later. Yep. Do you think that they were friends beforehand for many years? I think they knew each other because they were obviously familiar with each other because she was like, ugh, not you, Bernard, you know, like at wedding number one. I was like, dear God, I hope they've known each other forever. Yeah, it was a quickie wedding, I will say. I was like, what, are you, do you not believe in sex before marriage? Like, what's the deal? I wondered about that when they were having their like wedding night tryst that Hugh Grant is inadvertently. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh, side plot point. I had no idea that Kristen Scott Thomas was into Hugh Grant. Yeah, me neither. There were literally no signs. Apparently, she was in love with him this whole time. And then she's talking to someone else and she's like, oh, I've been in love with the same person. I was like, oh, okay, so it's obviously one of her friends. And I thought that it was the guy who, as it turns out, was her brother. Oh, you had some confusion. I had so much confusion. But here's the other thing that happened to me that I realized. I realized that my whole life I've been very slightly like Venn diagram conflating Kristen Scott Thomas and B.B. Newworth. Oh, oh, that makes sense, actually. It does. I, so yes. I understand that they're from different countries, right? <laughs> And independently very famous people. And I fully know who B.B. Newworth is. But I think I only partially know who Kristen Scott Thomas is. Uh And they have played, while they've had very different like actual careers, they've played some similar roles in romantic comedies. Okay. They have both played magazine editor bosses. Yes, yes. I I will say that's kind of the image I'm getting. And I was like, am I delusional? Like, what's happening? So I Googled and I was like, yes, indeed. They do look similar in pictures, especially in certain roles. Yeah, that makes sense. No, when you said that, I was like, oh, yes, I see it. I see because the Because I literally was like, was she Lilith and Fraser? And then I was like, no, that was... And then I was like, but was she this person? I was like, no, that was... So much happened. But also I had like a momentary thing where when I saw her name at the beginning, I was like the girl from Sex and the City. And I was like, no, that's Kristen Davis. Just a lot was going on. A lot was going on. I would have definitely preferred if Kristen Scott Thomas had gotten together with Hugh Grant because that would have made sense to me. Like they had known each other for a long time. Like this would have been a better relationship instead of him being like this woman I've known for like three minutes. 20 seconds. Yeah. I didn't necessarily think that they had chemistry in that way, but I too would have felt like it was more reasonable. I was even thought it was more reasonable that he was getting married to his ex-girlfriend. Yes, yes. Even though he did not seem to like her at all, which begs the question of why he dated her in the first place. Yeah, I know. And then planned a wedding with her for 10 months. I was going to say, the remarkable thing, 
Yep, it's dark. The remarkable thing was that of all the people, he and his ex-girlfriend seemed to have the longest like incubation period for their marriage. I know, it was very weird. Um, oh, we didn't touch on this, but is Kristen Scott Thomas, is she with Prince Charles? At the yes, end? let me get into this. Okay, I had the same reaction as you, which I was watching. I was like, oh, cute. Did, like, he, and Brit- did he and Diana like have, shh, <laughs> don't interrupt. <laughs> okay. um, I had the same reaction as you, which is that I was like, oh, cute. Like, okay, like these people got married. These people got married, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, wait, is is that? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that has to be the joke, right? And I was like, no, no, maybe it's another member of the royal family. So then I Googled because I was like, but Diana died in 1997, 96, 97. And so I was deeply confused, but then I was like, oh, wait, but they were like separated or divorced or something. Yes. But I had no sense of the timeline because it's weird because it was such a big event and I remember it and I remember being like afraid of tunnels for a while, like after, like, I don't know, like maybe there was video, but we were so young that I apparently had no sense of the actual sequence of events. So here's the thing. Apparently they got married in 1981. Oh. Which is way earlier than I thought. That is way earlier than I But I guess I totally makes sense because Princess William and Harry are older than us. Yeah. So they separated in 1992. Oh. And then I think in 94 they weren't officially divorced, but everyone knew they were apart. And so I guess the joke was that sometime in the future, Kristen Scott Thomas was dating Prince Charles. Okay. I was going to be like, hmm. I wonder if they regretted this choice. I know. know. I was like, I don't know this joke aged well in the UK. (laughs) Yes. Considering what happened like a mere, like two years later. But. But you know what random trivia made me laugh when I was like Googling was that when Prince Harry was born, they were hoping for a girl. And Prince Charles was like, oh God, it's a boy. And he's even got red hair. (laughs) And I was like, oh no. But you know what? He turned out to be the better looking one. He did. So it's fine. Yeah, he really did. truly, I thought they were not married that long and they were married for 15 years which i guess makes sense because their kids were like 15 and 12 yeah yeah yeah, when she died which is still super sad yeah i knew that they were separated before she passed away but i wasn't sure of the timeline so when when they showed that i was like oh were they already separated i know i I think i too thought that in 94 they were still together yeah but i think that the key was that they were not yet officially divorced or maybe i like just didn't know that they were separated for so long yeah i mean in 94 i was like six so you know i i had no idea i I think i vaguely knew who princess diana was but i don't i think i knew who princess diana was but had no idea about charles i have a fairly strong memory of seeing some of it on tv i I think it might have been later though when they had like documentary stuff about her oh no i remember when she died because my family was on vacation in niagara falls and it was such a big deal like i remember my whole family like in the hotel room like watching the television um so i remember when it when she passed away but like i don't remember that much about the situation before you know when she died i think i found out more about the situation later in my like late elementary school years because at some point there was more stuff released about her and I think maybe my parents watched or whatever but Uh, I don't remember that much about actually finding out the death but I it must have happened because I remember I used to be afraid like in the tunnels in Boston that if we went too fast we would die to be fair you were not being chased by paparazzi but I guess yes I didn't have a full understanding of the situation (laughs) yeah I was Um, gonna say at the age of like eight or nine I don't think you really have like a clear sense of what's going on there on a much lighter note I enjoyed the horrible alternate titles that apparently American executives suggested. Oh, 
Let me list them for you. Yes, please. True love and near misses. Okay, you know. Uh. Loitering in sacred places. (laughs) (laughs) No. That was a pitch? Yep, yep. Wow, they truly missed an opportunity there. Uh Huh? It gets better or worse. The wedding season. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, yeah, I can see that one. Rolling in the aisles. Wow, no, that's bad. Not good. Skulking around. <laughs> um, toffs on heat. What? What? I, like, I know, I know, I know. But how would that have been a better pitch? No, no. And finally, Charles and Chums. <laughs> Charles and Chums sounds like it would be like a British sitcom. That, that maybe I'd watch. Yeah, I might watch Charles and his chums. Um. Anyway, best lines. I loved that his ex-girlfriend's brother turned out to be the butler from The Parent Trap. Oh. And that he accidentally implied that his wife was cheating on him. Oh, that was, that was her brother? Yes, I didn't. So it happened in stages. I didn't recognize him the first time when he had a conversation. And then he saw him again later. And I discovered that he was the butler from The Parent Trap. And then I discovered later that he was the ex-girlfriend's brother. Oh, I never put it together that he was Henrietta's brother. Yes. I really feel like with the weird connections, you can see the seeds of Love Actually. <laughs> yeah, but they did it much better in Love Actually. And it was much clearer. Yes, I had no idea what was happening ever. But anyway, I loved how like right after, because basically Martin from The Parent Trap is like, she is no longer my girlfriend. Hugh Grant makes a joke about her sleeping with someone else. And then he's like, she is now my wife. <laughs> and Hugh Grant is like, oh, how lovely. Kids, do we hear the patter of tiny feet? Yeah, there were some funny lines. I will say I liked that. I liked at the first wedding when he was apologizing for being late and he was like, I'll be killing myself after the ceremony if it's any consolation. <laughs> I liked um, when he is talking to Henrietta and she's like sobbing and she's like, I thought you two was a type of submarine. And he's like, well, in a way you were right. Their music has a very naval quality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was very Hugh Granty. Yes. I think at one point I literally wrote down like, lovely to see you. Sorry to disturb. Hugh Grant at his Hugh Grantiest. But I have no idea when it was now. Um, I loved when he was about to flee from his wedding and he was being like, fuck, fuck. Or does he say bugger? Maybe I that's think he what says it is. bugger, yeah. Um, and the priest walks in and he's like, vocal exercises, big church, everything's fine. And the priest is like, excellent, often do the same myself. Not exactly the same vocabulary, obviously. Rather more alleluias. I'll leave you. <laughs> I was like, so much. Um, there was a thing that I found online where they were basically saying that people hated the line where Annie McDowell is like, oh, is it still raining? I didn't notice. I did hate that line. I don't think it bothered me that much because A, I thought she was kidding, which was because like she had been so deadpan the whole movie already. (laughs) Um, and B, it seemed like such normal rom-com fare in its like madness. It was so, it was the way she delivered it. It was so wooden and weird. That was her whole acting in this role was wooden and weird. At one point I wrote, she's like a robot who's like discovering how to like interact with humans for the first time. Like, it's so bad. Which she is not like in the Four Weddings and Funerals short for Red Nose Day. She's like a normal person who like moves normally and like is not a weird enigma. I don't know. 
Um, some other, let's see, some good scenes. I did enjoy in their first hookup that he's like trapped by the unfortunate guest. And then the like waiter or whatever is like, your wife would like you to come up to your room, room 12, if you've forgotten. And he runs like, my wife. Oh, my wife, my wife. I enjoyed that. Um... I enjoyed with when he is having the like conversation with his brother and Annie McDowell and his brother is signing and he's like saying different things than what he's actually saying and he's being like she has beautiful breasts which I'm like seems a little but okay and then and Hugh Grant says he says Scotland's a beautiful place hilly (laughs) um but I think that's pretty much it for things that I enjoyed it was a short list. Yes. I it, mean, it wasn't that long. I mean, I mean the it, eulogy. Yeah. Out of a movie, if my favorite scene is a funeral, I just, I don't think that's like really going to give you a lot there, you know? Not a good sign. No. Oh, no. and of course there were no people of color because we were in London. Oh yeah, zero. But there were in the short. Oh, uh, were there? Yes. It was Alicia Vikander's Maid of Honor, I think. Oh, was, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And there were other people of color, I think as well, in the yes. short because it was like 2018, 2019. Yes. But this was 1994. In movie England. Yep. yep. So even though there were people of color then, they were not in this film. And on that note, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of From Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. We didn't rate. Sorry. Um, so what yeah. would we score this classic film? I gotta say that it does not rate highly in my book. Would you score it four weddings and a funeral? So like a 4.5, you think? M- maybe. I would say I would give it, probably my instinct is to give it around like a four or a five. Yes. I will say it didn't offend me. No, no. Well, except for except how for no one learning sign language, that part offended me. But yes, that and the death of the gay person I was not psyched about. But the in terms of like their overall behavior and the things they said, I didn't like want to claw my own eyes out, yep. which is okay for a film made in 1994. And I will say their getting together scene actually didn't hugely bother me. Like it wasn't extremely cheesy. Oh, when in the rain? Yes. I was like, this is so whatever. But then like, you're like, well, I guess it was 94 and this wasn't like super, super overdone yet. Yeah. I was like, wow, Hugh Grant got really wet very fast. His shirt is now see-through. I guess this, prob- <laughs> this was not the first take. I know. I liked reading about Andy McDowell trying to defend that line and being like, look, like I wasn't going to argue. In retrospect, maybe it was raining a bit hard for the line. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, 4.5... Weddings and Weddings a funeral. Weddings and a funeral. I think I think that's gotta go. That's gotta be the thing we go with. Okay. Um. Yeah. Or four point five out of ten floral, very floral, poofy dresses. Meringues, as Kristen Scott Thomas called them. Yes, but just in general, a lot of floral dresses that pe- nobody looks good in. I must say, if anyone ever thinks like this is a thing we should go back to, like this style, don't. It looks terrible. I truly felt that both fashion and dancing in this movie were awful yeah (laughs) very dated very dated i was like oh so british i would like to make the argument that i think early mid 90s fashion was worse than 80s fashion interesting we'll have to think about that huh i don't know you'll have to think about it we'll get back to you on the next from comic-con yeah Thank you for listening. Uh, Please follow us on our various social medias. They'll be um, in the credits and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thank you to Hannah Oatman, who composed our theme music, and Alexandra Oatman, who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at, at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana, at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at Romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and Romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.